I was going to say take two, but this is more like take three or four if you if you account for all the times we've attempted to or or planned to record in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns Life out. finds a way. Jeff Goldblum's always right. <laughs> yeah, and kids find a way for bedtime to be at the most inopportune time because the so are yeah. they like laying down now or <laughs> one is asleep in his crib. The other one is in bed, hopefully to follow soon. Or not not into the crib, but into sleep. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I don't judge. You're the parents. <laughs> Doesn't feel like it sometimes. Because they're, they're on the show. Um, bedtime is just a, a myth. <laughs> just wait till they get our age. And then it's like, man, if only I've taken advantage of that in those bedtimes. I know it does no good, but that's what I try to tell them. Like, when you get old, you're going to wish. You're going to think about all the time you could have slept and didn't <laughs> and regret it. <laughs> Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real. Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production. I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. The document, the notes doc I'm reading off of says divisional preview. This is going to be playoffs until to this point recap. <laughs> and then is that just what you're going to do with this one show? preview conference championship? Yeah. So with that being said, welcome in to a long awaited episode of 2M Football. Was it long awaited? Uh, don't tell people crap that's not true. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> I went in on record. This is all Mike's fault. I mean, we haven't, I mean, accurate, accurate. Um, we haven't spoken since before the playoffs even started. So that's fun. We've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, but I, I promise we won't go. I deleted most of my notes on the wild card round of games and, and didn't take much notes, many notes on the divisional round. So <laughs> I am going to be fully open with the rest of the 2M nation and I have been out of touch with football for a few weeks so this will be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be a great show. <laughs> don't turn it wait don't touch that dial. <laughs> you thought we were hacks before just you wait. <clears throat> before we were hacks now we're full on hackets. I see what you're trying to do and I kind of want to punch you in the jugular. <laughs> Let's talk about football. <laughs> before, <laughs> before we get into the, any of the games, I've been just accumulating this news. So some of this is quite old at this point, but we'll talk about it anyway. Derek Carr officially being shopped by the Raiders. Remember, they benched him for the final two games of the regular season. I to, don't know what the hell they're doing. To get a look at the youth on the team. Uh, he posted, he's not, he's still under contract, uh, but he, it seems very clear that he won't play again. For Las Vegas, he posted a social media message saying goodbye to the Raiders Nation. And they're, yeah, actively trying to trade him now. 
So I was trying to come up with a list of teams that would make any sort of sense. And so here's what I came up with. You tell me if this is dumb or if you have more ideas. It's dumb. <laughs> the Jets have said they're open to spending money on a veteran quarterback. Money or, in this case, I guess draft capital. If they were to make a trade, they definitely uh, seem poised to be moving on from Zach Wilson after disaster of a season. And uh, the only other guys there is Flacco who could be retiring soon and and Mike White who showed some flashes of excitement, but isn't a realistic long-term option. And the jets were feisty this year. You know, they were on the, on the, ver- on the brink of the playoffs, solid defense. It's a young team overall. Got some good playmakers on offense. So throw in a arguably solid veteran quarterback into the mix and, and uh, that could work. Some of those things could also be said about the commanders. Pretty decent defense. Got a couple of exciting skill position players on offense, but no. I feel like the commanders make the most sense in the list so far. Okay. They've got a Carson Wentz problem. I don't know what the deal is with his. Yeah, he's on a team. That's the problem. (laughs) That is the problem. I don't know what the contract situation is. But uh, it's clear he's not. uh, They're already done. They're. They're moved on from him, even if he is going to be on the roster, given that even when healthy came back from that injury last season, uh, it was still Henneke and then rookie, I think Sam Howell is his name, who started the final game. So they they are done with Wentz. It took them, what, just like six or seven games before he got hurt for them to realize what the rest of the league already knew at this point. <laughs> yeah, they the rest of the league tried to tell them. The commanders were like, no, we we got this. They don't have this. Man, talk about a fall from grace. MVP candidate before he got injured that year, the Eagles went on their Super Bowl. I think it was the Super Bowl winning season, right? Where he obviously missed it because he was hurt. And Foles yeah, the hero. Patriots lost to the backup Nick Foles. I'm sure that still sits well with him. <laughs> Weird to say, but the Patriots have bigger problems than that right now, uh, which we'll talk about briefly. Oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> I think the Titans would be another interesting one. Ryan Tannehill is 35 now, which is surprising to me. I thought he was still, I don't know. It feels like he hasn't been in the league that long, but he's getting old apparently, and he hasn't been that good, and has also missed a chunk of each of the last couple seasons with injury. I don't think Tannehill's going anywhere, and and the Titans just got screwed on injuries this year. That's what cost them everything. They got they got hurt at the worst possible times, but yeah. And then I don't know how I feel. I like I like your comment on that. The Panthers and the Colts as options, and the remark is this is kind of what they do, and you're not wrong. Yeah, um, these the last few years with been... uh, jumping ahead that Frank Reich was hired as the next head coach for yeah. the Panthers. Yeah, good move by them. I'm I'm excited. I'm intrigued by that. Um. Yeah, I I wouldn't have a problem with that. The Colts, I mean, putting I feel like the Colts are very similar to the setup of the way the Raiders offense is with a solid running core and okay wide receivers. You know, they they picked up uh Devontae Adams, obviously, and, and and Hunter Renfro, but outside of that, you know, they have just Darren Waller and that's the entire offense. And I feel like they could put that together in Indianapolis, but I really think it depends on who decides that it's going to coach that team. 
and what kind of capital right. they're willing they're willing to give up. Right, and if it's Jeff Saturday, uh, I imagine Derek Carr would veto any potential trade <laughs> into that situation. If it's if it's Jeff Saturday, we're going to be seeing a, a little flicker of orange and red light in the distance as Indianapolis is burning. <laughs> I know I have this in the notes somewhere, but there's a petition with and this was as of a few days ago, at least two thousand signatures of, online of Colts fans against uh, Jeff Saturday being hired, who is being interviewed for the to keep that job that he that he had the interim uh, role of this past year because he did so well. <laughs> thirty three to zero, never forget. <laughs> I want to punch you. <clears throat> so Derek Carr is on the move. Someone who is staying put, though, two people, uh, Matt Stafford and Sean McVay, both will be back with the Rams for the 2023 season. At certain times throughout the year, both of them mauled the possibility, or at least other people were talking about <laughs> the possibility. I don't think tired. he ever like mauled the possibility of leaving the field. He doesn't seem like the type to just dip. Stafford? You're saying? No, McVay. Oh, McVay, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say how much of that is real or just speculation. That I he... wouldn't have been surprised if Stafford had decided to hang it up. I would have absolutely been for either decision because he finally achieved the one thing that he worked so hard to get for. Right, and he had some scary injuries this year. Concussions, neck stuff. So but... I would have absolutely been been very excited for him for the next phase. But if he's coming back, I wish him the best. Yeah, for sure. So the Rams are running it back to their 2021 Super Bowl victory. Um, yeah, and then you already mentioned the Panthers hiring Frank Reich as their next head coach. I like that move. Uh, let's skip down to the next one. The Patriots hired Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. Comes back to the Patriots after he was a, you'd have to say, a failure as a head coach in Houston for several years. And then uh, I think he was back in the college game for the last couple of seasons, and now he's back. And this comes on the on the on the heels of reports about the dysfunction within the Patriots' offense this season, about Mac Jones being highly critical of Belichick and the. Well, I don't understand what they did. They put Matt Patricia, who was the defensive coordinator, in charge of the offense. Right. And I don't know how you expected that to go well. <laughs> Great point, which I think we discussed at the time. Yeah. But uh, Mac Jones, and, and remember there was like a weird, like almost power struggle between Belichick and Mac Jones, right? Where he, even when he was, came back healthy, he benched him in that one game after just 10, after like two ser- offensive series, he put, um, oh man. Bailey Zapp. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Put Zap back in the game, and yeah. But yeah, uh, Jones is obviously the future first-round draft pick a couple of years ago, and he's excited about O'Brien coming in. So we, we'll see about that. Nathaniel Hackett was so great as Broncos head coach for those 15 games or whatever he got before being fired that the Jets were this. They said, "Hey, we want that guy running our offense." So they. Hey, before you shoot crap like I did with Dan Quinn, I just am making this comparison. He didn't do half bad in Green Bay. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it's like chicken or the egg thing, right, with Aaron Rodgers. And I've seen speculation that Jets are doing almost the same thing the Broncos did last offseason, you could argue, and, and hoping that having Hackett, who Rodgers praises and speaks very highly of, will, will convince Rodgers to come to their team. So that's the angle I've seen on that. Otherwise, I don't, we'll have to... I, don't, I don't know what to think of that one. I'm going gonna, gonna to ignore that for right now. <laughs> yeah, put it in the... Uh circle it to come back to in a couple months from now when when we find out what's happening with rogers you're right uh let's see jeff saturday already talked about okay let's talk about the latest head coaching candidates who are getting buzz <gasps> first one is bailey zap obviously <laughs> get it buzz zap <laughs> oh I'm i was myself. trying to make a light year joke and it just wasn't nothing was yeah okay yeah that would have been appropriate as well uh, i would say the top of this list is still sean payton who has many suitors for a potential return to nfl coaching uh, wouldn't it be amazing if he went back to the saints like this isn't even on the list <laughs> but alan's yeah. just like bro will you like i don't want to do this anymore right <laughs> uh, that would be interesting Taysom hill starting quarterback that's true he he was always uh sean payton was always his biggest champion besides you of course yes yeah, suck it <laughs> um but the teams i've seen that he's been in talks with so far the broncos texans cardinals and panthers who would you choose out of that list matt if you were if you wanted to head coach a, a, an nfl team who would you want to who do you think's in the best situation well i guess panthers are no longer an option Way to read your own notes. Yep, there you go. Put your little courser up there. There we go. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, stop. <laughs> Wait, there we go. No. <laughs> you are awful at this. Right. Don't you do this for a living? <laughs> um, I just want to say that the 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 development environment where I code has autocomplete, so I don't have to ever actually type much. <laughs> anyway, Broncos, Broncos, Texans, Cardinals. Who, who would you... I, I feel like the two best choices are the Broncos and the Cardinals. Both have the same question, I would argue, in terms of quarterback. The Texans are, you would have to go into the Texans job understanding that that entire franchise is getting rebuilt. Right. That's there's, like there's, there's no project. substance there. Mm -hmm. If anybody could pull Russell Wilson out of this, whatever hole he found, and I think that would point towards potentially that Hackett was clearly the wrong choice. Right. But if anybody could pull Wilson back and bring any semblance of the Seattle Russell that we saw, I could see it being Sean Payne because he's a very creative, offensive-minded coach. It's like right. Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. The same could be said for the Cardinals. If he anybody could make Kyler Murray a more focused and more well-rounded quarterback, it would be Sean Payton. So I feel like it's those two. Yeah, I agree with that. The Texans are a long-term project. Broncos and Cardinals are at least closer to, especially the Broncos, I think do have a talented roster. I mean, they were belittled by injuries. They've made some big trade splashes, but they had the best defense in the NFL. They just didn't have an offense that could keep right. get them in the game. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, I think it would lead credence that if they're going to continue with one more year of the Russell Wilson experiment, Sean Payton would be one of the few coaches I think that could really pull anything left that might be in the tank. And if he can't do it, then I think that's a sign that um, Denver's quarterback woes continue. Yeah, well, they're pretty much stuck with him based on that contract they handed him. So, Genius move there. <laughs> All right, other top candidates, Eric Bieniemy, which is just an annual tradition at this point, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. will get many interviews, but probably ultimately go back to Kansas City. Um, the new names on this list, Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator. I honestly thought that said Raheem Mostert for a second. <laughs> And I was like, he's not the Rams defensive coordinator. Mike, what are you? I don't know where you got that information from, but I'm going to go with no. D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, which is a guy I feel like I remember him playing. Wasn't he a linebacker for? His name sounds very familiar. I want to say the Eagles, but I could be completely wrong about that. And here we listen to the magical noise of Mike's keys clickety clacking while he looks that up. Oh, I was right. I'm a genius. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the Niners. God, we throw that word around incredible. loosely. Um, <laughs> uh, Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator. They've been very impressive. Uh, Jalen Hurts evolution and then just what they've that whole offense has been unstoppable juggernaut. And then you got Brian Flores, who most recently has been the Steelers, a Steelers defensive assistant coach this past year. I thought uh, I just saw something where he was promoted. He was going to be somebody's defensive coordinator. Oh, you could be right. Listen to my keyboards clacking again. Oh, oh, am I a genius? News. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, what is this? What is I don't know what you're looking, but Brian Flores is what you want to be typing. That is what I typed. You don't sound very confident in that. I don't think he's been hired. I don't know. <laughs> it, it opened like yellow pages or something. It's like, want information about Brian Flores? <laughs> anyway. Puerto Rico national football team. What is happening here? Anyway. I, I don't know. How'd I get on Bing? What? Anyway, let's move on. So those are the, some of the top. Oh, he interviewed for the defensive coordinator job for Pittsburgh. Okay. That's okay. the news I saw. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Uh, no, you're good. I am sorry for whatever rabbit hole my Google searches went down. I mean, I use Google and nothing went wrong. So <laughs> somehow I ended up on Bing. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's all the news I had. Let's do a like three minute recap of the wild card round. Oh, Jesus Christ is not going to go well. <laughs> okay. So take yourself back in time to like two months ago. It feels like when the playoffs started. <laughs> fun, fun fact from wild card weekend. However, it was split over Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. But all four starting QBs in the Saturday game, the very first games of the postseason, were making their playoff debut. And Trevor Lawrence, uh, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith. and That's just, not uh, what that says. 
That's why you don't read it verbatim. <laughs> that Brock says Purdue. Purdue. <laughs> and that's the that's the college that Drew Brees was at. Yes. Want another fun fact? Oh God, there's more. And this one I think is still true after um, wildcard and divisional weekend. Robbie Gold, Niners kicker, has never missed a postseason kick that goes for extra points and field goals. And it's, of course, as soon as they show that stat, I'm like, well, now he's definitely missing one. <laughs> it happens every time. Probably at a key <laughs> moment, but I think it still holds true after two weeks of the playoffs. I uh, can't say the same for Brett Maher, unfortunately, but we'll get to that oh. in a second. <laughs> All right, so the Dolphins played the Bills in the wild card round. Surprisingly <laughs> close, given Skylar Thompson started this game at quarterback for Miami with Tua still out with those concussions and Bridgewater out with a broken pinky. And it was actually a very close game, thanks to an incredible defensive showing from Miami. But ultimately, Josh Allen pulled the Bills through to a 34-31 victory. In another clash between divisional foes, the Ravens played the Bengals. Another game with missing their starting quarterback with Lamar Jackson his knee still not feeling right during the week. And so it would be Tyler Huntley again, as it has been for the past uh, couple months, I think, since Lamar first left, went down with that injury. <clears throat> Huntley actually played really well here. And it was a very close game until a crucial moment where they called a quarterback sneak from a, basically the two-yard line. A little questionable, and he reached over the top try to cross try to cross the plane and score where um but he didn't and the ball got knocked out of his hands and returned 99 yards for a defensive <laughs> but he touchdown didn't. and that proved to be the um the game winning score that made it 24-17 which was the final Bengals got the win and now the Ravens have some uncertainty this offseason uh, with Lamar Jackson He's out of contract, I think. They'll be able to franchise tag him if they're, once again, unable to reach a long-term deal, which is, of course, what they were trying to do last offseason, too. Couldn't do it. But they will try to come to some sort of agreement once again this year, unless he, or otherwise, he'll leave in free agency, which would just be insane. I wouldn't be surprised. It seems to be what they do. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Chargers on this this Saturday night game after the Chargers led 27-0 at one point in the second quarter after five first-half turnovers by Jacksonville, four Trevor Lawrence interceptions. Does Brandon Staley still have a freaking job? He does. How really the surprising. hell do you have a job after this? They blew a uh, 27 to, I think it was at halftime, 27-7. to 7. And obviously the Chargers only put up three points in this entire second half. Jaguars came all the way back and kicked a field goal at the end to win it. I hope that he went into the owner's office and the owner's like, dude. (laughs) So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you until week six of next year. And if you're not 6-0 and by week six, you're going to be searching for a new job. I mean, yeah, I feel like he was already on a, a warm seat coming into the playoffs. And then after this, it, I was surprised, too. I thought he was going to be fired that Monday. Uh, instead, they they sacrificed the offensive coordinator. <laughs> so Staley got to keep his job for now. But, yeah, one of the biggest biggest playoff chokes since Matt Ryan, I think. 
And then over in the NFC, the Niners took care of business easily against the Seahawks. Um, you got to say that was a good season for them. No one saw Seattle making the postseason after they got rid of Russ, declared Geno Smith the starter. Uh, really impressive. They let by Smith him. cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the, he's going to be back. He's going to continue to cook in a Seattle kitchen near you. Um, that was well sure. done. I'm actually very proud of that. <laughs> I'm sure at this point whether it'll be a franchise tag one year thing or if they'll they'll reach a longer term deal. Um, either way, it was uh, well deserved. It's a good story coming out of this uh, this season. The Giants uh, beat the Vikings in another close game, a rematch from, uh, I don't know, week 16, 17-ish. They played each other late in the season. It was a close game. I feel like both this. of these teams were the surprise, were surprise factors for the postseason. Yeah, for sure. No one would have, well, probably shouldn't say no one, but certainly we did not predict the Vikings winning their division and finishing, what was it, 13-4 and four or something like that. And then, yeah, the Giants... Daniel Jones' transformation under Brian Dable uh, was very impressive. And, oh, look at this. I have a note for myself that I didn't follow up on. <laughs> I am not surprised. Does look up turnover stats. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but even without the final numbers in front of me, you could see just from the eye test, Jones did a much better job protecting the football this year. Really cut down on um, both the fumbles and interceptions, which we – it's been a running joke that it's about him fumbling in every almost every single game of his career. <laughs> yeah, he has more fumbles in a year than some players have in their career. Yeah, yeah. But no, I have to say that I'm very impressed with what with Brian Dable's been able to do here, and it's it's credit. You can argue it all you want, but the the numbers are there. And I think it puts the Giants in a very weird situation now going in the offseason. Because what do you do? Right, you did take this guy's fifth-year contract. Yeah, exactly. I would argue you franchise tag him and give him one more shot. Right. See if you can get to the next level with another with a full offseason or another offseason. Not even not table. even the next level, but can you repeat some mm. level of the success? Maybe they could bring in some better receivers for him, like a, yes, like a Kenny Galladay type. <laughs> Did you really just do that? Uh, isn't that guy's one of the highest paid receivers in the league? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> he barely plays for them now because he's terrible. Or I don't know what happened to that guy. Someone should do a case study on Kenny Galladay because he was a very exciting free agent coming out of an awesome first four years in Detroit and just nothing since then. Anyway, the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers. <laughs> Incredibly no idea what the lifeless, hell is happening in this show anymore. Lifeless performance from Tampa Bay and could be Brady's last game in Tampa. Could be his last game overall. It seems like. Yeah, famous last words. I know. Well, yeah, it seems like the speculation right now is that he'll join a new team for 2023. Vegas. Maybe the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, they find themselves quarterback less um by their own doing but yeah they might bring uh brady in. can you imagine uh, the brady Devonte adams connection they could have what uh what we used to have in green bay with rogers 
Well, you'd have Brady with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Yeah. And then Josh Jacobs, they tighten up the D-line a little bit. And, I mean, really, that team's poised for great things. Check this out. Devontae Adams is the new Randy Moss. Um, Okay, easy there, killer. Hunter Renfro is the new um, Julian Edelman. And then Waller is Gronk. There you go. (laughs) It's perfect. This has been a running thought in my mind all year, though, is just what a similar trajectory kind of the Packers and Buccaneers were on with their respective aging superstar quarterbacks. They finished with almost the same record. Buccaneers made the playoffs, but what happened to them is probably what would have happened they had they ended up getting in, just would have gotten blasted by a better team. And now questions surround both of them, whether they'll retire completely, whether they'll come back to their team or join a new team next year i saw a clip on uh that was floating around about the uh from the pat mcafee show Uh uh-huh and he had rogers on like i guess he does every week and he made a comment of like the new era the burrow allen yeah holmes and he's basically it was like you old guys just got to give it up and you know i don't know maybe that'll light a fire in Rodgers was like, get get Tom on the phone. He's got to hear this, too. We're not done yet. <laughs> and uh, Pat McAfee was pretty much, now. Nah, you guys got to hang up the cleats and call it a day. Your era is over. Wow. That's harsh. Uh, but could be true. Well, if you think about it, though, everyone else from that sort of time frame, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees. Manning. Um, Manning. Uh, Philip Rivers. They've, they've, they've all retired. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They definitely can't move like some of these new, I mean, even Burrow, who you don't think of as a runner first, but he's got mobility both in the pocket and as a scrambler when necessary. That's not something Rodgers or Brady can really do anymore. No, they're kind of that era of where you had to have the perfect offensive line to hold, to hold the line for you to be able to do what you do best. And their mobility consists of rolling out of the pocket to extend the play. And while that works, it's not, without its problems. All right, well, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about some more recent games. I don't want to. You'll do what you're told. You're not <laughs> what, dad. What am I paying you for? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting paid for this crap? <laughs> First of all, you're overpaying me. Second of all, why yeah, right. is this be, not accepting my freaking password? I did this right. You should be paying me for the privilege. <laughs> and what privilege would that be, Michael? <laughs> for me to text you every night, hey, want to record tonight and then bail on you later. <laughs> because Sorry, I'm, the time I'm, already, I'm already in bed being like, well, this worked out well. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, that makes me feel better about it, that you're not waiting at the computer. like. <laughs> There's just, if I take a picture of the wall behind my computer, it's just dense. <laughs> well, there are my security deposit. That's the wall in my bedroom is just dense, too, for me banging my head against it. Like, how are you not asleep yet? <laughs> you All right. What? I would not be surprised. Let's talk about the divisional round of the playoffs. And not how violent and temperamental we are. Yes. Which saw the, um, let's start in the AFC, where the Jaguars 
traveled to Kansas City with Trevor Lawrence's streak of being undefeated on Saturdays on the line. And that goes back throughout his college and high school career, apparently. Another fun fact for you. I'm so glad. And Mahomes actually in the first quarter of this game got his ankle rolled up on and, and left uh, left the game to have tests on it. Ended up coming back Did after half. Give it a COVID swab. Uh, uh. What? <laughs> Nothing. You keep going. <laughs> uh, but Chad Henney, the capable backup. Whoa! He played, he played most of the first half. On it, right? And on his first drive, he he led the team on a 98-yard touchdown drive, which I think tied. I don't know if it was a Chiefs record in the playoffs um, or an NFL record in the postseason. But the team was up. The Chiefs were up 17-10 at halftime, and uh, Mahomes did actually come back for the second half. And they got a, They extended their lead to 10 points in the fourth quarter. It's 27-17. But the Jaguars, they had some chances to pull this thing out, uh, but they they fumbled them away, much like Jamal Agnew. Um, so they gave up that touchdown to go down 10. But right after that, Jamal Agnew returning the ensuing kickoff. He was off to the races, but he could not get past the tackle of Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker, who basically just ran into him and he fell down. <laughs> it was really strange. <laughs> that is amazing. It totally should have. He should have housed it and it would have swung the momentum completely. But he just like he just ran right into the. Kicker, oh, it swung the down. momentum, just not in the way they wanted. It to <laughs> yeah, his momentum went from 100 to zero really quick. All thanks to the solid body of Harrison Butker. But then and they uh, say so, kickers can't block. <laughs> he still got it to, uh, to close to midfield. And, uh, and Trevor Lawrence took things from there, got them down to about the Chiefs 10 yard line. He found Agnew, uh, who, who was a receiver on the team. Found him in the flat. He was running towards the goal line and just fumbled he, just all by himself. The defender hadn't hit him yet. The ball just literally squirted out of his arms, and Kansas City recovered uh, to end the scoring threat. Yeah, that's how you you help your team from, you know, being embarrassed by being blocked by a kicker. You just kind of let the ball go. It reminded me kind of of those those clips you see where the, the, the receiver or the running back, when they get off on a tear, they kind of get cocky towards the end. Yeah. And they start to taunt, and then the defender just seems to come out of nowhere, and they fumble the ball. Except there wasn't even a defender. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, it was. It just I don't know why how this happened, but uh, Kansas City did it. Happened. Yep, and the Jags defense did force a three and out, got the ball back with five minutes to play, still down ten. But. Uh, Trevor Lawrence got picked off. He had a completely unblocked blitzer coming right in his face, and he just threw it up the sideline towards his receiver, but uh, it got intercepted instead. It was actually a really nice catch. You could see in slow motion the guy just – the rookie corner for Kansas City. I forget his name, but he just – he's one-armed, one-handed it, pulled it down, and uh, that basically sealed the game. Dun-dun-dun. So the Chiefs, Chiefs advanced to their fifth straight AFC Conference Championship game. What? Mahomes has said he will definitely play despite a high ankle sprain. And that's I did see um, I did see footage of him jogging in the Chiefs practice facility, so it looks pretty good. It looks like he'll be good to go. 
And I'm sure if there was any concern, they would not have let him do that. Yeah. I mean, it, the fact that he was able to come back in this game says a lot. That Even if he's a little bit less mobile than he usually is, there, there's no way he would miss a game this important. And uh, for Jacksonville, it's disappointing because you could say they had chances. But still, just if you take a step back from that disappointment and compare the team now to where they were 12 months ago, having just fired Urban Meyer and Lawrence looked like a bust and the team was horrible, like you'd, you'd have to feel pretty good about that. I think Doug Peterson is um, a, a candidate for Coach of the Year for sure. The Bengals played the Bills in a snowy rematch of the game that ended up getting canceled. Uh, where DeMar Hamlin got hurt. But, um, and he was actually there. He obviously has been released from the hospital. He's been, he hasn't been playing football, but he's resumed normal activities, which is great to see. And he was there at this game, apparently gave a pregame speech to the Bills in the locker room. And the camera found him in one of the boxes, box seats watching the game and pumping up the crowd during it. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, which is awesome. Yeah, unfortunately for the Bills, it didn't, I guess, didn't apparently give them the spark they needed in this game because um, they only put up 10 points, which is unheard of for this Josh Allen-led unit. And Somebody made a comparison, yeah. and I don't know how to feel about this. Tell me your your take on this, but somebody was very concerned that the Bills, as good as they are, cannot seem to get over whatever this humper hurdle is. And it seems to be just be the Chiefs and the Bengals. But they compare Josh Allen in that way to Phillip Rivers. Rivers had a great career, but he was shadowed by the fact he would get to the postseason. And there was always Manning or Roethlisberger, that one guy that he couldn't get through. And it took a very good, solid career, and I don't want to say tarnished it, but it just it kind of put it on the back burner to where at the end of Phillip's career, we didn't really talk about him. That's a really interesting comparison, yeah, because I don't think I don't think Rivers ever even played in a Super Bowl, did he? I don't think so, but the problem was is he he couldn't get over that one team in the postseason. Right, right. And eventually you go from this really hyped up quarterback to Manning and Brady and these other guys were kind of more in the now and Rivers kind of got left behind. Yeah. That's a good comparison. I mean, you could look at what's happened to Josh Allen so far. It's been the Chiefs two years in a row and and now the Bengals taking them out. And they do both have uh, other young quarterbacks who are going to be around for a long time. I think where I was going to say where the team really was let down was by defensive injuries, but look at the offense only scoring 10 points here is really impressive. I think they're the fact that they don't have a solid run game to me is what does it. They're very one dimensional in my eyes. Maybe I'm crazy or whatever, but when you think of the bills, you don't think of a run game. Yeah, that's true. The run, I mean, the run game is Josh Allen pretty much. And, you know, if you look at the Panthers with Cam Newton um, and and the uh, the commanders back in the day with with RG3 and even the the Ravens right now with Lamar Jackson, you can't have it all on the quarterback. You need an additional dimension to the run game and the Bills just don't have it. If they could get a solid run game behind Josh Allen, I feel like the dimensions of that offense change and it really would speak 
volume to helping potentially get over this this hurdle that they have in the postseason. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think they also need a second weapon outside of Stephon Diggs. We thought it was it was supposed to be Gabe Davis, but he didn't really step up in the big games and was only he was an in, inconsistent contributor. And when you only have, uh, you know, it's the same thing we say about like pass rushers. It's like if you only have one pass rusher, you have, you have zero because it's easy for them to cover that one guy. I didn't think you were going there, but I was going to say it's kind of like the 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 Achilles heel that Green Bay had outside of Devontae Adams. There was no secondary receiver. So in reality, it was easy to a certain extent to to plan for the team when you only have one dimension of the offense. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, Burrow had another great game. Jamar Chase is in- unbelievable. Uh, and, and there you have a great example of a team with two dominant receivers and a great run game uh, behind Joe Mixon and then T Higgins as the the secondary receiver there. So they are rolling over to the NFC. The Eagles destroyed the giants 38 to seven. I don't think we even need to go through the rest of this stuff. (laughs) It was a good run for the, for the G men who improved a lot under Brian Dable in his first year. And as we already talked about, the, the question going forward is going to be what to do with Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be I am kind of I know the Super Bowl is coming up, but I'm kind of stoked for some of these big questions for the offseason. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we will do a show all about offseason storylines uh, coming up. And then the Cowboys lost to the 49ers. Twelve to nineteen. So, oh, I forgot, score. forgot to even mention in the wild card game, uh, Brad Maher, of course, missed four extra points against Tampa Bay. They still won that game. And his first one in this game got blocked, which was just because, un- you know, of course, everyone was talking about it. And the Cowboys score and he comes up to kick. Everyone's like, oh, kind of joking, like, oh, what's going to happen? But then it got blocked. Uh, that wasn't the reason they lost this game. But, um, no, that was on Prescott. Yeah, Prescott. He was really shaky. He looked like Tony Romo out there. <laughs> Damn. Ouch. <laughs> I don't know that's an insult coming from you because of how much you hate Romo. <laughs> and I really like wasn't. Dak Prescott, but when they made the comparison, I was like, ow, that like, <laughs> man, they're not wrong. It's like the guy that you usurped and and essentially ended his career by how well Dak played when Romo got hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, this was a very much a defensive struggle between two top tier defenses. Even saw the great Brock Purdy struggled in this one. But Niners were able to eke out the victory. And uh, Purdy now has as many playoff wins as Romo and Dak Prescott, who each had two. And now Purdy has two as well. That's oh, I don't know, that's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, we already took our break, so let's jump straight into the championship preview. There are only three games left in this. It's NFL really season. icy out there, so I prefer if we could gently not jump. <laughs> okay. We will slowly amble into this preview. Ooh, I like that amble. All three right. more games remain of this NFL season. Oh my God, I didn't have a stroke before the yeah. end of it. We got four teams left. Three of the best quarterbacks in the league. And the fourth has never lost a game as an NFL starter. 
That's insane. <laughs> and in case you didn't get what I'm implying there, Brock Purdy is better than Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Joe Burrow. Just so that's Ooh, on there. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously in the NFC, we've got the 49ers traveling to Philly, take on the top-seeded Eagles. Um, 49ers were the two seeds, so and, and I think you do have legitimately here the best two teams in the conference. And just looking at them both for a moment, the Eagles are a very complete team this year. They've made a lot of they made a lot of a couple trades to solidify their defensive line. And um, but the biggest story for them is Jalen Hurts. Coming into this season, we really didn't know if he was going to take that next step and add the passing skills kind of to his game in addition to what we already knew he could do with his legs the damage he can do on the ground as a runner and you've got to say that was also helped by the addition of aj brown into that receiving core him and Devonte smith another example of a really dynamic one-two punch at receivers and then they've got dallas goddard at tight end too added to a solid stable of running backs and hurts his own capabilities on the ground and you've got a very very tough very task. dangerous offense yeah. yes yeah and it and they've got a dominant offensive line too dominant defensive line for that matter as well and so you've got a very tough nut to crack here to the extent that there is a weakness it's probably the run defense just going by the numbers if it was more pedestrian than uh, some of their other metrics which is great news to uh, if you're a 49ers fan or or uh, Josh Anahan. There we go. I didn't know where you were going, so I was not able to step in on that one. <laughs> it's okay. I was waiting for a punchline or a joke, and nothing was materializing. The Niners have a top-tier defense of their own with a terrifying defensive line led by Nick Bosa. Plenty of skilled position players for Purdy to distribute the ball to, and Debo Samuel, George Kittle, who's been especially good since Purdy took over. Uh, their midseason acquisition of Christian McCaffrey. And also Brandon Ayuk has really kind of emerged this season, a little bit under the radar, and it wasn't a crazy good season, but I think he had his first 1,000-yard uh, campaign, and he's been he's been good too. They're a little bit banged up at the moment, it seems, with Debo and McCaffrey not practicing much during the week, but um, uh, but they're not expected to miss the game. So they're both coming in pretty healthy. And I am going to make you pick this game as well. I'm going to go with the Eagles, who I took at the beginning of the playoffs as the NFC representative in the Super Bowl, so I'll stick with that. But I'm very much excited for this battle. Yeah, I... I don't want to root against the kid because he's been fantastic, but the Eagles just have the experience right now. That being yep. said, I do not think the 49ers are going to go down without a fight. We'll talk about this more if it happens, but if Brock Purdy leads his team to the Super Bowl, you get a full-on quarterback controversy there between him and uh, Trey Lance. I would argue it's already there. That's what I've seen reported in some, I think it was the San Francisco Chronicle speculating that Purdy is already on the inside track to be the number one or the I starting. Mean, I think they'll here. still on paper or in the, in the reports have a, have a quarterback a battle, battle yeah. in camp. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would argue as of right now, I mean, it's only a small sample size, but 
If, he's never lost. <laughs> if he beats the Eagles, how do you argue? Because you can say that he went up against a really, really, really good team. Yeah. Arguably the best team in the NFC and beat them. Yep. That leads a lot of credence to that. But yeah, I don't I think this is gonna be a very high scoring game. Like twenty four twenty seven. Yeah, I'll buy that. And Robbie yeah, Gold good. continues his streak. Oh, what if he misses the game winner and it's his first missed kick ever in the playoffs? Well, you heard it first here, and we can't blame the announcers for that one. In the AFC, you got the Bengals at Chiefs. Again, a rematch of last year's AFC title game. Joe Burrow has never lost against Patrick Mahomes. They beat him twice last year, once in the regular season, and then again in this same um, stage of the postseason. We also have to make a note that the Chiefs have listed um, Travis Kelsey on the injury report today. Uh Uh-oh. Um, let me pull it up real quick while you stall for time. That would be huge because I think he had, what, 10 or 11 catches last week, uh, setting a new postseason record for receptions in a game. And and the middle of the field becomes even more vital for a quarterback that can't move that well. And we know Mahomes is going to play, but we also know that he's playing through a high ankle strain. So that'll be the yep. biggest story. Travis line. Kelsey questionable for AFC championship game due to back injury. Hmm. Well, he's getting old like us. He must have slept on it funny. Wow, really? He also makes way more money than us, so I'm sure if he had to retire, he's not crying. (laughs) Oh, if I got to retire, I wouldn't be crying either, except until I looked at the bank account. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, McCole Hartman and Justin Watson, their wide receiving core, also listed as questionable. Yeah, I don't have as many notes for this one, and we're we're running out of time here. I got to go, but... I'm going to take the Bengals to do it again. Heck yeah. <laughs> I think uh, a hampered Mahomes that can't move that well is going to face a tough challenge in this Bengals defense that just held Josh Allen to 10 points. Uh, and the, we know the Bengals can score. So. We know it. So Bengals, Eagles, Super Bowl, is yeah. that what we're agreeing on? I think that's what we're going with at this point. Oh, snap. Let's all... Get to those couches on Sunday, enjoy the games, and hopefully... Already there. And thank goodness after that game, we'll have two weeks before the Super Bowl. I'm sure we'll be able to schedule something to preview the big game, right? I have no hope and promise. I'll talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.